everybody, and welcome to the Paragon Sports Consulting Podcast. My name is Colby Drost. I'm the president and founder. Paragon Sports Consulting is a player advising firm helping kids of the ages of 14 to 20 navigate their path to college hockey. Today, we've got a, a special guest, a great coach, friend of mine, uh, Matt Miller, who Started his career coaching at the NCAA level, uh, coached in Minnesota High School, started his own goalie company in the greater Minneapolis area, uh, coached at Dinah Bantams, scouted for the Arizona Coyotes at one time, uh, worked with the National Team Development Program in a scouting capacity, um, most recently was the goalie coach for the Dubuque Fighting Saints in the USHL, where I had a chance to meet him and, and uh, become friends with him. And now he's the goaltender development coach in the LA Kings organization. Matt, what's going on? Hey, Colby, thanks for having me on today. What, what's going on where you guys are? How's everything going? Um, it's pretty quiet right now. Just a lot of uh, Zoom meetings, kind of reviewing our, our processes and how we do things uh, from the goalie side and uh, getting into some good collaborative discussions. Yeah, do you find, you know, before we get into, you know, why you're here and stuff, like, or even at the highest levels, I mean, are you finding your guys are still finding a way to get better every day with, you know, maybe a lack of ice or, or limited ice or lack of resources? Definitely. Uh, I think at every level, guys that are in the NHL that have been there for uh, 13, 14 years, all the way down to guys that are have just signed a contract. I think each one of those um, cases are finding the right way to, to time whether it's rest whether it's um readdressing some some things off ice that they haven't been able to to focus on in a while or just setting a really good uh, base and foundation to become a pro i think uh all three uh, you know four guys that might be uh you know you kind of put into different categories as far as old pros new pros you know guys that are just becoming pros even free agents i think there's a lot of guys that are finding ways to make the most of this time yeah i i tell kids or, or even parents like there's some way you can get better every day. Like even if it's pulling something up on YouTube or, you know, making the most of the hills outside your house or something, there's a way to get better in this time. So you can maybe come out of this with a competitive advantage. Um, but, you know, switching gears, like, you know, I think what's really unique about having you on is not only have you coached players, but obviously goalies, uh, uh, especially in, in now your craft of, of being a goalie coach, like, You've coached youth kids, you've coached Bantams, high school, USHL, now at the highest level at the NHL, AHL, and, and ECHL. Like, what is your take on, you know, we've got a million youth programs, a million different coaches, a million different academies, prep schools, junior programs, tier one, two, three, you know, very loaded question, I guess, but what's your general take on, on what we're doing for the position of, of goaltender in terms of development today? Um, I think you're starting to see uh, the pendulum uh, kind of move back more towards the middle of, of development where there's a better balance between uh, athleticism and technique. I think for a long time, um, there was a big push on the, the technical aspect of the game and really having uh, a strong foundation there, which is still very important. But I think relying upon that above all else uh, you know, goaltenders became a little too predictable, uh, not only to themselves, but also to the shooters. I think that's where you kind of have the, the, the blocking goalie that goes down and kind of just relies solely on, on uh, percentage and kind of takes out the feel or the read of the game. And I think you're starting to see that, that pendulum kind of swing back more towards uh, guys that are staying on their feet a bit longer, guys that are reading plays, guys that are reading releases. I think uh, the goaltenders are becoming much more reactive. Well, I wouldn't say more old school, but they're, they're adding a lot more uh, feel and athleticism and, and instinct back into the game. Yeah, I, I think I would agree with you because I think for, for some time, and maybe you're, you, you differ on this, but I, I'm curious what you think. I feel like some goalies, like they've got all the technique. They look awesome. I mean, everybody likes a big Kong goalie, but – I think like what was getting lost in all that is like everything you've touched on, like the reading the game, like having that it factor of, of understanding how to actually play the position, which some of it, I guess, is, is, you know, a naturally given talent in some capacity. Right. Like, but I think you could still teach that. I think, I mean, would you agree maybe it got lost a little bit for a couple of years or. Definitely. And I think, you know, as coaches, you have to take some responsibility for that. I think that's, you know, creativity is something that you can definitely train out of. Uh, a goaltender, and I think you can give them um, 
you know, a pretty, pretty black and white plan as to what you want to have done. And uh, they kind of don't use their own hockey sense or their own feel for the game to override it. At times, goalies do things that, uh, you know, they can't really explain. They're just in the moment, and it turns out to be a, fan a fantastic save. So I would really agree that, with you on that, yeah. Um, so, again, going back to your background, like, I think what's, what's really uh, great, too, just because, like I said, you've worked with goalies of all ages, like, you know, let's assume that parents that will listen to this are, are goalies, you know, we have a group of 10 to 14 or, or 11 to 14, and then we have 15 to 18. I mean, from your experience, what are, you know, not going into specific technical terms, but general kind of concepts what do you think is important at those ages to kind of like make sure you're hitting on day to day with a goalie coach without, you know, what, what would be your uh, advice to, to kids at those kind of age groups? I think the, the most important thing that I've come across is finding the right coach that uh, is going to meet you and, and get the best out of your skill set. I think everyone uh, is going to have a different skill set and you have to have a coach that's willing to work with you on your unique uh, blend of skills to get the most out of them. Uh, you know, I think there's something to be said for a guy that can identify your, your strengths and your weaknesses and have an honest conversation with you and then give you a clear plan on how he's going to, you know, improve in some of your weaknesses and then make your strengths even stronger. Uh, so I think that's a, a crucial thing to have as a guy that's willing to work with you instead of a guy that's just going to tell you the way that you're supposed to play. Uh, I think that you have to have, uh, some ownership of your own game too. You have to have an open and honest conversation, uh, you know, not only with yourself, but also with your, your parents and, and your coach that this is, this is kind of the path that you want to take. Um, and you've got to support yourself with the right people that are going to help you uh, reach, reach that goal. And I think the finding the right coach um, is, is the first thing, because I think a lot of kids will gravitate towards uh, maybe a, a high profile coach or a guy that's, you know, maybe they've seen on uh, Instagram or, or social media or YouTube putting clips together and doing these elaborate, crazy, complex drills where um, some, of the, some of the best clients that I've, I've worked with and some of the best kids that I've worked with were word of mouth. Uh, just uh, I did the best I could working with a, with a goalie and developing a, a relationship and a partnership with him and, and his support and his parents and his friends and uh, making sure that he was getting the most out of the on-ice sessions. And I think that's uh, when you get, you know, kind of that unique synergy of you're able to bounce ideas off one of an, one another, the coaches able to be a sounding board and, and kind of guide the goalie through their development. Yeah, I think too, like once you find that person and, and you have like a rapport, it's important like that, that guy's going to understand like what you're improving, what you need to improve, like how to manipulate your game to improve. There's something to be said mm -hmm. about having a relationship, but you know, also too, like, that doesn't mean like that's the only guy you got to work with. Like I, I think too, like, all right, once a summer, like go try something different. Maybe there's a camp with some really good coaches and you just take one or two things out of it, but you bring it back to the guy that you have that relationship with. But um, I think you even see, like, I, I don't know about, about you uh, in the, with the Kings, but there's guys in the pro level, like they have their goalie coach at the pro level, but they still have that guy that, you know, maybe he's been with them for, you know, four or five, maybe longer years who comes in and still kind of consults with them. I mean, do you see that? I mean, even maybe not within your organization, but other places or. Yeah, I think you see that quite a bit. There's guys that uh, along the journey, they, they've helped the goaltender out in certain points of their career. And I think that you're absolutely right. There's opportunities, especially with a lot of the, the high level summer camps that you're able to go and be around, uh, you know, as many as four or five different new coaches. And I think that's, um, something that you're always going to run into is as you move up levels, you're going to be working with different guys and your ability to uh, take that information in and see if it, if it improves or where it fits into your game. I think being, a, being someone that critically thinks about the information they're receiving and, and, but also has an open mind to receive the information is, is extremely valuable. And uh, I think they, as you move up, you do have guys that have worked with people for a very long time. And I think you bring those people into kind of that support circle, that support staff, because um, they have information and, and uh, experiences with that goalie that, I mean, you can't take away that they've had incredible experiences with these different coaches and different people. Uh, you want to add to it and you want to create some of your own memories with that goalie too. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. And I think, you know, everything you're hitting on, that's, that's awesome to hear. And I think kind of switching gears, like, We've just hit on like the importance of having a good goalie coach, good relationship. I think like 
you know, if you had advice for guys, again, youth level kind of guys, because obviously at the higher levels, there's a little bit more resources, maybe more money in the, in the organizations. But, you know, for goalies and parents that maybe are concerned, like, hey, you know, we have to play here. It's local. It's a great program, but we don't have a goalie coach. Like, what kind of advice could you give, like, a goalie that's maybe midget or bantam who doesn't get that attention, even if it's twice a month or once a month? There's, there's kind of no one there to help them with their development from, you know, September to March. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I mean, you're probably living in one of the greatest periods of time that I can uh, – think of because when I I found myself in that situation a few times as I was growing up here in Southern California there wasn't a whole ton of goalie coaching and uh, when you did you had to go for a pretty good drive so you're driving for practices already uh, you know the AAA life and then you're also driving to catch a goalie session maybe once every uh, maybe two weeks if you're lucky so uh, I had a lot of a lot of of publications like I had goalies world I had a lot of Ian Clark publications that were you know hard copy uh, magazines and newspapers that were sent to my house so that's how I got a lot of my information as I was coming up but now you can open up your phone and, and hit a lot of resources like in goal magazine is doing some incredible stuff uh, in terms of getting pro goalies on and coaches and then them talking about their experiences and what they see in the game and how they've improved uh, on their journey I think it's an incredible opportunity for for a goalie that doesn't have a lot of coaching to go out and um, kind of build build themselves be their own best coach and I think that's something that you see at this level and you want at this level is you know you can't hold the guy's hand you know his entire career I think uh you know it goes back to being overcoached and taking some of the creativity out of the game sometimes it's best for you to learn some things on your own and make some mistakes and and have some failures but learn from them and then now you've uh learned that lesson for yourself and now you're able to make a, a decision um you know, without having anybody really help you out, which I think is fantastic. And I think that happens, you know, if you look at a lot of high-level goalies that have come up through a lot of different levels playing in, you know, the ECHL, the AHL, that's that's what experience is, is not knowing the answer and, and having to work through a lot of those things, maybe by yourself or with a goalie coach. So I think there's a lot of resources out there, uh, you know, with InGoal and a lot of uh, YouTube and, and Instagram, a lot of things like that. But I think the other thing is, go and, and play where you can have a good experience where the environment allows you to play a lot and play in every situation. I think that you're going to learn a lot uh, just by the virtue of playing a lot of hockey. You're going to learn a lot about, you know, how you want to play because you're going to make mistakes. Well, I didn't like that decision. And then the next time you make another decision, things work out. You're like, okay, well, I think I've got a solution here. Yeah. And I think a, a kind of a theme, at least in my opinion, that everything you're talking about, like we always talk about the importance of like routines and preparation, like, at some point you got to learn like what works for you, but even like kind of recapping your game or a weekend or, or a month, like you got to have some kind of process that works for you. Even if, even if you don't have a goalie coach, right? Like you got to be able to mm-hmm. reflect, you know, obviously maybe there's some kind of, you know, outlet you can kind of refer to to kind of compare how you play it or what you could do better to see some other opinions, but there's gotta be something that works for you to kind of reflect because you can't just go through the season and then be like, all right, I played good, but um, you, you didn't really kind of take week to week to kind of take a step to get better. You know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, think that's something that you do all, all season long. Like there's a season, uh, you know, kind of a little bit of a cycle. Like you, you start at the beginning of the, you know, before your first game and you write down some goals that you want for yourself as, as maybe team goals, you write some things down that you want as personal goals. And then you kind of work backwards from, from there on how you're going to make those things happen. And, I think just by kind of putting a little bit of a, of, of a map together for yourself for the season, you've already started to put yourself in a good spot because you're thinking about those things. You know, how many starts do you want? Um, how many, you know, how many games do you want to let in? I know zero, one or two goals, like really simple things like that, uh, that can allow you to, to put a, put a focus on your season. Maybe you, you're really uncomfortable when the puck's behind the net. Well, what are some things that you're going to do to work on in practice? And even without a goalie coach, if you realize that they're doing some type of drill that involves maybe defensive zone coverage and the puck's low along the walls, you've already kind of got it in your head. Okay, this is a situation in practice that I'm not very comfortable in a game, so I'm going to be aware of that now so I can kind of feel out how I want to play this situation. I'm going to make some mistakes in practice. I'm going to figure a couple things out. And that way when it comes to a game, I'm going to feel more comfortable going out and executing my personal plan for that, uh, that situation. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with you on all accounts. I, I think that's that stuff's really important. And, um, you know, taking kind of the youth level to midget level, I mean, your experience has allowed uh, you to even kind of grow in the game, obviously, now being at the highest level. But um, to kind of give people an idea, like you worked in Dubuque, was it six years off the top of my head? Yeah, it was six. Yeah. So six years, you had the chance to, you know, be there, you know, be the obviously primary goalie coach, um, you know, eventually assistant coach and also worked in director of hockey ops capacity. But I mean, just to give, before we kind of get into some specific questions about USHL adjustment, things like that, you know, kind of touch on like what you did to help the goaltenders develop. I mean, Dubuque, you know, while I worked there, was lucky to have a full-time goalie coach. I mean, what did that week look like, you know, as far as you helping to enhance, you know, every goalie that came through his uh, personal development? Well, luckily for us in Dubuque, it was a lot like college and a little bit like the AHL. There weren't too many games during the, the week. So that allowed us to plan out basically starting on Sunday, uh, watching some video of the, the previous week's games, uh, watch a video and put a little bit of a plan together. So that way, um, Monday, we would meet with the goalies and watch a little bit of video, uh, talk about some themes. And then we could get on the ice, you know, usually Monday or Tuesday and have a, have a pretty, you know, I would say legit goalie session with shooters. And we had a lot of time and, uh, you know, it was a really nice environment for us to, to go out and tinker and, and experiment and try to figure out how um, they wanted to solve maybe some, some issues that they didn't, they didn't like maybe in their game as a whole or just maybe that weekend. So I think that was a unique opportunity for us to, to be able to do that, have that kind of schedule set up. Um, and then, Board, we kind of uh, to to adjust as the as we needed to. I think we did a really good job preparing uh, for other teams because I was clipping the video. I was able to show uh, the goalies a lot of other teams' uh, four checks, uh, ozone play, power play. So they kind of knew what they were in for uh, that weekend, which was uh, pretty exciting. And then from there, uh, we could also do drills uh, later in the week that helped them feel real comfortable. So whether it was hands drills or body drills or little tiny skills that kind of just put a little polish on the, on the game and then allowed them to go out and just uh, kind of play free uh, Friday and Saturday. And I think that was a good plan that we had pretty good involvement, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe. And then Thursday, uh, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, they just went out and played and, and, and probably Wednesday, Thursday, they got ready to play. And then Friday and Saturday, they just went out and did it. So I think the the week was set up well for us to, to kind of ramp up into those games. Um, I think the nice thing in the USHL too, is uh, we had access to really good shooters. So they were able to kind of get used to the, the pace and, and this uh, day one. Yeah, that's awesome. And it all comes back to like a commitment to a process and preparation and, I mean, just helping to put the goalies in the best situation possible for the weekend, for Friday, Saturday, or, or whatever the game schedule is. Um, and I think, too, like, what's really – what's really – would be really cool to hear is just – I mean, you had a chance – at least in my time, we had a lot of goalies that came from junior hockey, and I know we had a goalie or two come from midget hockey. Like, mm -hmm. what do you think – like, I mean, even I mean, even just you've seen all the goalies in the USHL for six years. Like, what are some of the biggest adjustments? Like, I don't think people realize – like, first of all, I think they do now, but the USHL is a – unbelievable league for you know 16 to 20 year olds some 15 year olds but like for goalies in general like what is that big adjustment like typically like what does that look like I know every kid's very different but also you know part b to that question I guess is you know maybe just touch on like does how did junior hockey kind of help goalies transition compared to guys coming right out of midget I well the biggest adjustment that they're going to have to make uh, off ice is, is living away from home if they are for the first time. I think that's a big uh, change of environment. And then I think the the speed and the pace of the game on ice is is a huge adjustment for the, those kids. They don't know how fast that hockey is. They don't know how skilled these guys are. They don't know, um, you know, how deceptive these guys can be. So I think those are the two biggest areas on and off ice where uh, guys, you know, have a lot of growth. And the thing that's nice is, uh, you know, Dubuque has, well, at least in my time there, has brought a lot of those guys that were transitioning into playing junior hockey to main camp. And those kids got a, an opportunity to skate with, uh, you know, potential players and players that were already part of the team and then also participated in an all-star game, which then kind of weeded out the guys that weren't going to be at that junior level. Uh, 
and they had an opportunity to see the the, the skill, the pace, the, the deception that, that was possible. So I think that was a big uh, benefit that Dubuque had. I think one thing that they also did very well was they've got a lot of, a lot of uh, guys on their list to come in after the season and be a part of, I guess, almost like a black ace. So, you know, in our time there, uh, Dubuque had made the playoffs six years in a row. Uh, and a lot of those guys that were now captains and leaders as, you know, uh, you know even into this year had been part of, uh, you know, some of the some of the action in the postseason as a midget. So they were able to come in and see uh, the USHL at the highest level, uh, players that had played a full season together that were competing and ramping up, getting ready for a playoff series, you know, and you're a black ace in that environment. I think that you get a pretty good look into how fast guys are going to be playing and how hard they're going to be playing, uh, you know, at the end of the season, which is when they're going to be playing their best hockey. Yeah. And I think too, like, um, you know, as far as all that stuff goes too, like even in those camps, like, I don't know as much for players. Um, I'm not speaking for all USHL teams or any, but um, I know at goalie, you know, some guys, there were guys that came to camp and, you know, you tracked them. I know you would keep a list and track guys on video and whatnot just to see how they were developing because you'd see they make the NA, you know, they make a league in Canada. Um, and it kind of just gave you a taste, you know, every year. And some of those kids came back two, three years. And then next thing you know, you know, one is uh, getting drafted, you know, and playing on the team. Am I wrong on that? Or, yeah. No, no, you're right. Um, so, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. And then um, I guess last thing just on that question, like, so, you know, it's the, besides the speed and that kind of thing, I mean, are there any other adjustments you see ter in terms of scheduling? Like, obviously, it's, it's a much higher level than where they're coming from. But do kids typically, you know, have to figure out, you know, kind of life on the road, you know, day-to-day -day scheduling, like how, you know, there's a, I'm sure there's a lot – going on day to day as far as practice and chalk mm -hmm. talk and video. I mean, is that a big adjustment for most kids or do they kind of get into it after two weeks, three weeks? Yeah, I'd say uh, most guys are good by Christmas. So, I mean, that's, that's what, a, a couple months, yeah. two months maybe. And I think once you come back after Christmas, you feel, you feel pretty good. I think uh, it's a big adjustment for a lot of guys uh, because I think it's just the consistency of it. Um, it comes out day after day after day after day. And sometimes Sunday's your only day off and, and it doesn't feel like it because you travel on a bus or you get home at six in the morning. So I think the ability to be consistent in that schedule, I think is a big uh, shock to some of those guys. Cause it's easy to do for, you know, a week, maybe two weeks when you're at main camp, but having to put that type of uh, commitment together for, for six months, yeah, I think is, is, is shocking how, uh, difficult that can be just to do it the same way every day and bring the same level of intensity and the same level of attention, uh, especially for the high school kids that go right from high school, right to the rink, you know, that's a long day. And then going home and having to do homework, like that's, that's pretty much your, your day. That's your life for the next six months is uh, school, rink, workout, go home, do homework. And by that time it's nine thirty, ten o'clock and you know, you've got to get yourself to bed because you got to get up at seven for, for school. So I think that's a big adjustment for a lot of guys is just uh, you pretty much your, your entire day is taken up. There's not a, a whole lot of extra time for, for, for Fortnite or for Call of Duty or for, you know, FaceTime and your girlfriend. You, you're, you're, you've kind of got your, <laughs> you're, you're booked up. Yeah, you got to have you got to have time management even when you're outside of that schedule so you can get other things done that maybe you couldn't finish all day so you're not – two weeks later, you're slammed with a bunch of things you didn't take care of, you know, whether it's homework oh, yeah. or, or whatever, right? And that happens going to the pro level too. You, now, now you don't have a billet or somebody else cooking meals for you. Now you've got to go shop for yourself and cook for yourself. And, you know, you got to do your own laundry and you, you're, you can't be hammer McDonald's and, and Chick-fil-A and all this other stuff because that, that food is fuel. It, it allows your body to perform at an elite level. So that, that's a big, big thing going from, you know, junior to pro is, is now, now it's a lifestyle and you're in charge of it. It's not uh, mom and dad or, or Bob and Jane, the billet, you know, kind of feeding you whatever they, what they want. It's, it's, you're now have to make an active decision on what you want to eat and what time you want to go to bed and how you're going to spend uh, your time away from the rink to make sure that you come back uh, ready to be um, ready to continue that performance you put together the day before. Yeah. And at both those levels, like, 
someone might let you get away with certain things or that, but it, it falls on you, like whether it's USHL or pro, you know, if you're not doing what you need to or, or to perform at a high level, like you could be out of there. You know what I mean? Like they might mm-hmm. at the junior level kind of try and develop you and let you learn like what you, maybe you don't know what you're supposed to be doing. Right. For a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I mean, you, you, it's next guy up, you know, right. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a tough lesson because there's a lot of guys that are uh, ultra talented and very good at the, every level they've been at. And, you know, they, they can get away with not doing certain things. And as you move up to these levels, I, I've learned that, you know, there's guys that, that are all that and do all those little things. And those are the guys that usually, you know, find their way not only into the NHL, but stay in the NHL. And I think that's the, the, the big eye opener for, for a lot of guys that I had seen this year is, you know, whether you go up and you play four games or, or, or 20 games in the NHL, you get a little piece of that and then you get sent back down. How do you continue to, to grow and continue that momentum in the American hockey league? It's same thing. If you're, in the USHL and you get bumped down to the North, North American League, you think about a guy like uh, Zach Solo or, or Colin Thiessen, guys that kind of went up and down between Dubuque and uh, maybe I think it was Janesville or Springfield. And when they went down, they they put together really strong performances. So every time you opened up the, the score box, it's like, well, when can we get this guy back here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think too, like, I mean, staying on the USHL side of things, like, I mean, we've touched on like preparation and schedule and routine, and obviously there's always a transition period. But whether I guess I mean whether it's goalies or, or even the players, I mean, and you can touch on the general and then not and then move into also goalies if you want. But what are like some consistent themes? Like every player is very different, different style goalies, especially you know obviously there's you know different ways to play the position. But I mean, what would you say are some consistent themes of of that foundation that? leads to success at those levels or, or sustains success. You know what I mean? Not just a month, but a whole season, two seasons before they go to college or pro, you know, what, what would you, you know, if there are two or three things that can you kind of, you know, outline. Uh, I, after this year, I would say something that I wasn't at the top of my list uh, that is now is the ability to, to be adaptable. You have to be able to adjust your, your routines and the way you play. Uh, to, to fit kind of a pro game. And I can't really describe what that pro game is, but as you move up, you have to figure out your unique blend of skills to be a pro. Maybe uh, maybe for a player, maybe you're a dynamite goal scorer and at that next level, it's you're going to be a face-off penalty kill guy. Can you adapt your game to, to, to keep your contract? Because uh, you can bring value to a hockey club in a different way. Uh, same thing with a goalie. Maybe you... Um, be adaptable maybe in junior hockey you were all athleticism all instincts all feel and now that you're up here and guys have a little more poise and a little more patience a little more puck skills now you have to kind of add that into your game so that you're not uh, beating yourself when a guy kind of throws the deception move at you so I think adaptability is um, very high on the list for me I would say compete you just have to love um, competing you have to love getting on the ice and shutting down shooters and, and I wouldn't say it doesn't have to be nasty or mean or looking to injure or hurt somebody. You just have to have a, a, a spirit of wanting to be better than the guy next to you because you've played better than he has. And that's not hoping that someone else plays poorly, but it's knowing that you've pushed yourself and the people around you to be their best every day. I think uh, this year Cal Peterson was an ex- extremely uh, positive example of that, just dominating periods of, of practice in the American Hockey League to where know shooters and and people got frustrated and he really challenged guys to to step up to his level in practice which I thought was was unbelievable um and I think the third thing here just that I've seen even in Dubuque is just your ability to to make decisions you know you you're presented with a lot of different options um day to day and it's just your ability to pick the right things to do every day you know that could be you're going to bed at at uh, 9 30 instead of 12 30 you know, if you do that for a couple of weeks, you stay up until 1230 for a couple of weeks and your performance starts to suffer. Well, then you got to make a decision. What am I cutting out that I can, I can get to bed at 930 so that I can continue to perform my best. And uh, I, I think those are kind of, I guess, wouldn't be specific skills, but are more general themes that uh, I've seen at this level that guys that uh, continue to climb the ladder do very well. 
Yeah, that's awesome to hear. And I mean, too, like your last point there, like some of those decisions are, are completely left to you, right? Like no one's going to tuck you in and tell you when to go to sleep, right? So it's like, you know, or, or, or when no one's looking what you're going to be eating or, or how much you're going to be drinking or you're going to have that Coke, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, I think that also touches on discipline in a little bit about the person. Um, but I want to touch on two more points, like kind of stick it in the USHL before we move more to the pro side of it. But like, we have a, a, a ton of parents, I'm sure, that'll listen to this, goalies that are younger, like at the 15. But from your six years in Dubuque, can you touch on, you know, the phase one draft and like goaltenders? And, and obviously there's great goalies that get picked and there's some goalies that get picked that never play a game in the USHL. And it'll lead into my last question about building kind of a resume um, and playing a lot of hockey like you touched on a little bit earlier. But can you touch on like how it, it, it kind of, I mean, I, I don't know if it means nothing. It's obviously a feather in the hat and it's an opportunity to a USHL organization, but how a majority of these goalies playing in the USHL, you know, aren't drafted at 15 and, and, and what that path might look like for those kids forward to get an opportunity in the USHL. Yeah, I can definitely touch on that. I think um, just in talking to kids and parents, I think uh, being drafted isn't the destination. It's part of your journey. And I think, where goalies get in some trouble and players get in trouble is once they think they're, once they've gone through that draft and they do get drafted, that's the, the destination. I got drafted. Uh, I, I got my team. I, I got my, everything set. Well, there's still a lot of um, events that happen after that, you know, going through main camp, you know, maybe the whole staff changes over at the USHL team. And then you're not, you know, a priority like you once were. Uh, I think there's a lot of factors that can go into it, but I, I think that a lot of people look at that as the destination. Hey, I need to get myself drafted out of midget or I need to get myself signed out of midget. When I think that there's a lot of players that don't get drafted, don't get signed that go and play um, a lot. And I'll use the word play because you have to play a lot. You can be on a USHL team for a goalie and sit on the bench. And that was, that was maybe a year, a year wasted. So, Going to going to a, a North American League team and taking your time, I think that's a big thing. Is the perspective is one year of, of development and growth in the North American League is probably worth two years of sitting on the bench in the USHL. So I think going out and playing and having a junior hockey experience, whether you know, and I think some people were like heavily like biased, like oh the USHL or nothing. Well, the BCHL is really good. Uh, you've seen players come from the MJ. You've seen players come from the NA. You've seen players come from everywhere because they've made the most of that opportunity. So I think if you don't get drafted or if you do get drafted, you still have to make the most of that opportunity and know that, hey, if, if there's a strong starting goalie in the USHL team and he's going to play all the minutes, like, all right, well, maybe maybe I'll be that guy next year. Let me go to the, that North American League team and let me play – 40 plus games and let me get in all those crazy intense situations and maybe even be part of a playoff run. Yeah. I think too, what people don't realize is like everybody wants to be in the USHL and I get it, but for your own development, sometimes it's, it's not the right option, right? Like, like there's kids like you just touched on, they play in the BCHL till they're 19, 20, then go to college. And that, and that was what was best for them. You know what I mean? Like, it all comes back to what, what's going to be best for you and you touching on playing games and, and, and being in a league, take a step and dominate. And we even see kids, you know, uh, goalies specifically, like they got drafted this year, he played two years of 18th, then he played in the NA. And then as a 20-year-old, he's getting drafted in USHL. Like mm -hmm. there's just so many ways to go about it. And it all, all your decisions, at least in my opinion, should lean towards development, right? Because if you're not getting better, mm -hmm. you're not getting to the end goal of college, right? Mm -hmm. So... Um, so, yeah, I mean, like moving on to the other side of it, I mean, this is kind of bridging the gap to kind of where you're at now. Um, I think unless people know you maybe as a friend or colleague, like they, you know, you spend time scouting for Arizona. Um, you scouted obviously in Dubuque, you know, heavily, especially goalies. Um, and now, you know, you're still a part of that scouting process with the Kings. You know, obviously without giving us your, you know, your secret sauce, your recipe, uh, whatever you can tell us, what do you, you know, what are some things maybe you, you look for when kind of, you know, maybe you start at kind of like USHL wise, you know, 15 to 20, and then, you know, what you might look for now being with pro prospects, things like that. Yeah, I think it was a lot different in Dubuque because um, 
for a long time, we never drafted young goalies. So we we're always looking for a guy that can step in and, and win right now. Um, I think that kind of changed a little bit uh, with some of the younger guys that we tried to bring in and grow into the position. Um, you know, and the thing that's tough is you come in and you perform well in one year and you're gone in the USHL. Like uh, you're, you're on to college. So I think that for me was a tough thing to find that sweet spot of a guy that um, you know, can help you win now, maybe be a two-year guy. Um, or maybe when and then a college is really excited to, to offer him a scholarship. So I think that was always tricky working uh, through those situations with you, Colby, to figure out, you know, which guy can help us now and then which guy's next. And I think that was a continual process through the six years. We didn't really have, uh, you know, maybe a couple guys that were there two years that were, were quality guys that provided us, you know, uh, an opportunity to win. And that's not, uh, because they were bad it's because they were so good that they went and left to college um, I think the the difference at the pro level is I think it's a little more projection I think you're looking for uh, first and foremost a person uh, that you know you've got to work with a guy for the next uh, four to eight years and then beyond if he does become a pro so I think there, there's definitely a match for the personality a guy that has uh, his character a guy that's going to work hard a guy that's uh, going to be honest uh, with himself and with his teammates. I think those are highly desirable things. Um, and then on top of that, I think you have to find a blend of skills. I don't think it, there is one secret sauce. I think there's, you know, you look around the NHL, there's, there's 30, you know, plus different starting goaltenders and they all play a different style. They all have a different height and a weight. They all have a different place of birth. I think you can maybe have some similarities that go between some of the guys, but uh, you really have to just find a, a unique blend of skills that allows a guy to stand out and be a starter. And I think, you know, of the, you know, you want to say five, 10, 20 attributes that make up a goaltender. Some guys are, are heavy, heavily athletic. Some guys are heavily technical. And then, you know, things kind of fall underneath, you know, in, 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 um, in levels of, I guess, importance or strengths that they have. This guy's super athletic, but he also has, you know, two or three other things that allow him to be, uh, you know, help you win hockey games on a nightly basis. And at the other end, if the guy's super technical, he's got two or three other things that are layered on that allow him to be a, a legitimate, you know, starting goaltender. And maybe the, the instincts and the feel are with the athletic guy. And maybe the, the hockey sense and the ability to read, you know, the game, and, and understand plays and patterns before they happen rest with the technical guys so that those blend of skills allow them to be uh, competitive at an elite level. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all awesome. And I think one other thing that kind of gets lost in this, and it's been a, actually to be honest, a consistent theme across the guys we've had on here is, and I, I know you're big on this, but like how important is it to just, you know, to understand like the human being you're getting, you know, the person's character, work ethic, things that don't take place on the ice, but you know, are kind of the foundation of how that person might, you know, put in the work, develop, you know, uh, I guess just getting to know the person, like how much work did you mm. do for that and, and talk to the person and hear the kids and, and tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. I, I think I did a lot more of that at Dubuque. Obviously here there's an exceptional scouting staff and that and multiple layers of support. So uh, I, I think, First off, I'll start off by saying no one's perfect. Like, you're not going to get the perfect person. You're not going to get the perfect human being. Um, but you're looking for someone that wants to improve a little bit every day. And I think that's what you want is a guy that you know, has the, the, not only the character, but also the, the willingness to, to grow and be a little uncomfortable every day. And, and even if it's just that 1% every day, that that guy's willing to get up and, and give it an effort. Um, and I think that consistently will allow them to grow and beat out some guys that just have natural skill and ability and they just rely upon that. And I think, uh, you know, like, like I said earlier, you're going to be around this guy a lot. Uh, thinking about back to Dubuque, I was, or even here this year, I was around uh, the, the Matt Volalta and Cal Peterson and then a lot of the prospects uh, a lot more than I was with my wife. And, you know, now that the season's kind of wound down, I've, you know, still stay in contact with them and, and give them a little bit of room to breathe and, and kind of, maintain our relationship because that's really what it is, you know, developing a healthy relationship with these guys. Now I've been able to come back and you know, spend a bit more time with my wife, but that, that's just an example of how much time you're going to be around these people. Why not be around people that you enjoy being around? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it makes a day for, for, I mean, honestly, for both of you, 
probably a little more enjoyable. And, and obviously you guys go through, it's, it's a journey too. I mean, there's going to be ups and downs and, you know, I, I think too, if it's two people on the same page and, and they trust that you're uh, there just to help them see their success, right? It's someone yes. that they could even lean on and they trust. Mm -hmm. So, so touching on like on ice development, you know, at the NHL level, AHL, I know you, you've been on, you know, you help with both uh, organizations. Like, you know, what are you seeing the best kind of work on throughout the season? I know it's a whole different animal, but you know, if you get 20 minutes, you know, two, three times a week with these guys, you know, what, again, week to week, I understand maybe they want to work on something specific game or, or goals that they gave up or stuff they kind of saw on video. But I mean, what is a consistent theme that, you know, they say, hey, we have a short period of window of time. You know, if there was, is it, is it tracking? Is it skating? Like what, what are you seeing, you know, these guys want to work on? Um, I had a pretty unique situation this year with Cal kind of being a, a multiple year pro. I think he was trying to put the polish on for, for making that final step to being uh, in the NHL. And I think there are a couple of things that were unique to Cal that uh, talking to, to, to Bill Ranford and the Dusty Emu and, and to Cal himself, because you know, really it has to come from the goalie. What's he interested in? What's he want to work on? Where does he see himself improving? Cause I think the goalie will really uh, put a, put a, a strong effort into those things and and Cal uh to his credit was unbelievable at communicating with me and just what he saw what he felt what he needed and luckily enough for us we had the opportunity with Mike Stuthers to to yeah to go out and, and skate 20 30 minutes before practice and you know they're short and they're focused and they're they have a purpose and I think that's the one thing that's very different from my time at Dubuque was we had you know, 45 minutes sometimes to sit and just tinker and, and talk about stuff and work through things and, and kind of feel our way through it. Where uh, at this level, you know, go, the goalie's watching some video, you're watching some video, you come together, you collaborate on kind of what you what direction you want to go. And then you kind of put it together and you go hit it real quick for, for 20 minutes. And then you're right into practice or you're, uh, you're headed on, on a bus to, to hop on an airplane. So there, there's not as much time. It's a little more, uh, you know, preparatory work to make sure that when you hit the ice, you're hitting exactly what the goalie wants. Um, then you flip the coin over and Matt Volalt is a first year pro. And it's kind of like, um, you know, just, uh, I would say it's almost like when you take the car to the mechanic and they just, they do the diagnostic check, you're just kind of going down every day and checking the boxes to make sure all those little foundational things are, um, aren't cheated as he transitions into a pro making sure like, I want to say some days it was as simple as, you know, making sure your stance is balanced, making sure that you're consistent in your positioning, you're hitting your marks early, your feet are set, and then just tracking it. And, and then just getting both eyes on the puck, no matter if it goes behind you or if, if it goes into your equipment, really exaggerating those little tiny uh, habits so that they translate as the pace ramps up. And I think that's the one thing we didn't want to see with Matt as he transitioned from the ECHL to the AHL or you know, beyond as he now hopefully one day pushes himself as he will into, a, into an NHL position, uh, that those, those little details uh, stay consistent as he pushes his pace higher and higher as he competes and as he uh, gets used to the, the skill and the speed of, of an NHL player. Um, and then, you know, it's getting, getting uh, realizing the pro game. Like there's some things that Matt could do at the junior level that uh, he couldn't, he couldn't do it in the American league of the East coast. And, he liked to play a lot uh, down. He was good down on his butterfly. He was good laterally transitioning from his feet to his knees. And a lot of the players that have a little more poise, a little more patience can take advantage of that. So it was using uh, Matt's exceptional speed and agility to hold his feet and get to multiple places with both of his, his skates on the ice. Like, is that something that he learns real quick or is it something where he continues to – uh, you know, play and try to just adapt. And then he realizes like, Hey, I gotta, I gotta adjust. Is it, it like, what does that look like that process? I'm just curious. Well, it's definitely not linear. Like it's not like one to two, two to three, three to four, four to five. Yeah. And all of a sudden you get to, you know, level 10 out of 10. Some days it's, some days it was fantastic. And you're, it's like, Oh, okay, he's got it. He's, he's good. And then two days later, you know, you gotta have to go re back, go back and readdress some of those things. And that's just, the, the nature of development is it's, it's nonlinear. It's, it's a little more up and down and left and right. And sometimes it's, you know, in, in a direction you never thought existed. So 
it's just monitoring those things daily so that 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 theme is kind of in the back of his head so as he continues to add other skills onto that 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 foundation stays firm and then touching on like you know day-to-day and what these guys are doing i mean uh we talked about it a little bit but like the importance of of routine like these guys come to the rink obviously they're they have their warm-up their dynamic warm-up whatever they ride the bike like how important is that just to kind of like even if it's something you do to kind of get focused, you know what I mean? Like, Hey, you know, I'm getting ready for a 40 minute practice today, but you know, you're still doing your regular routine, whatever you do before games, kind of how it's like a trigger to like, Hey, we're going into uh, you know, a game here just to be ready and, and ready to go. Like how important is that? Whether it's the NHL, USHL. And, and I mean, even something that these midget players or, or, you know, guys in the tier two NA or whatever can kind of learn from and something that they maybe should, if they don't have it in their game, they can kind of, you know, start trying some stuff out. Yeah. The, just the ability to prepare yourself for practice, I think is uh, crucial. And we had a great uh, support staff. Paul Volucas was the strength coach here um, with the rain. And then also communicating with Matt Price, who's kind of the head of strength and conditioning performance for the LA Kings. So there's a great line of communication and a lot of my communication was with uh, with Paul, you know, and the one thing that I just told Matt is make sure you're sweaty. And I, I don't want him to overdo it. I didn't want him to underdo it. The, the strength and conditioning guys, have, you know, have the term you don't want to overcook it. So you don't want to get on the ice, you know, exhausted. <laughs> you yeah. want to you want to prepare for practice. You want to prepare yourself to perform in practice. You're not performing to prepare. Like you're not just like in there crushing weights and doing a bunch of crazy stuff and you know, you're, you're, you're getting yourself a little, a little sweat on, and then you're getting yourself ready to go and have a good practice. And I think Paul did a great job uh, communicating with me and really we together, I think did a great job just making sure, Hey, here's some things that you can try Matt. here. Here's, here's some reaction balls here's some juggling. Here's some vision training here. Like here's some different things. Like try to try these things out. And as you go through the, the course of this first season, you'll figure out what you want to keep and what you don't want to keep. And then you'll add some stuff in. Like I know um, Luke Eikis, our trainer, uh, he and, and Matt would uh, play catch with a baseball. You know, they, they'd get the mitts out. They'd play a little catch, just loosen up uh, before games. And I think that was one thing that Matt just kind of uh, naturally found its way into his game. He wanted to do something that was a little lighter, something that wasn't as like intense or, or crazy. And he just said, you know what, I'm going to get a baseball and just throw it around with the equipment manager. And it kind of became their thing. So I think that there's uh, – definitely human element to to the preparing and I think you just got to try a lot of different things and you'll know right away like this isn't for me or this is something I love and it's something that helps me feel my best before I even put on my gear yeah I think that's awesome and I think too just kind of moving into the off season with with development and I think we can kind of wrap it up here but I know there's no exact everyone's very different what they want to do but for younger kids you know People are always saying, well, what should we be doing in the off season? I mean, should they have their kids on the ice every single day? I mean, I know every kid's different. Some people like that. Some people don't. Some people – but, I mean, in an ideal world, like what kind of advice would you have for, for guys coming up the ladder, you know, what the focus should be on in, in terms of, you know, is it strength and conditioning? Is it, you know, working with the goalie coach? I know I tell people, like, especially if you don't have a goalie coach in season, like, get better. Like, that's the time to kind of mm-hmm. stride. So when you get back to the season – you know, where you're going to get all your exposure, you're, you're playing at a different level. You know what I mean? But what, what do you have to add to that? Um, I would say for, for me, first and foremost, take some time off. I think uh, the hockey season is long and it puts a tear on your body. And I think it, it requires a lot of focus and, and a lot of uh, attention. And I think taking time off is crucial. I think as you move up the ladder, that, that rest allows your body in your mind to come back energized. So don't be afraid to, to, to take some time out to go to the, the, the lake and fish or go out and learn, learn something new for yourself that you, you might enjoy for the rest of your life. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's learning the game of chess or something, you know, creative and different that you take your mind off of hockey and allows you to come back refreshed. That's something that uh, a lot of kids don't do is it's there there is it's just like another day at the rink there isn't a a high level of excitement to come back and get in and and play with your buddies um 
Second thing I would say is make sure you do address some of your, your off-ice needs during this time. I think if you're, if you're a guy that needs more conditioning, you need to get your, your heart rate up. You need to be able to, you know, perform uh, better cardiovascularly. Go ahead and do that. Don't be afraid to get on the track and run and, and listen to a strength guy. Or maybe maybe you're just a slender guy. Don't be afraid to, you know, start to – and I'm not saying you got to go in there and squat and bench press and maybe do – figure out a way to, to, to build some strength, do some single leg stuff or some balance, things like that, that, that are going to complement your game directly without actually being on the ice. And then finally, I would say, like you said, Colby, find a guy to work on some skills. Um, I don't think you need to work on a whole lot of situations like, Hey, what am I going to do on a, on a, 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 as the puck gets wrapped around to my glove side with this amount of distance and this amount of speed, do I want to reverse? Do I want to VH? Do it? I think you'll figure those things out throughout the course of a season, I would work on your actual skills. Like how do you want to, how do you want to execute good stick saves? How do you want to rotate your stick well so that every puck that makes contact with your ramp out or put into a good area? How do you really focus on, you know, executing a solid glove and blocker save, like really refine those little foundational things because you have the time to do it. Go back and kind of address some of those things. Or if you have video, take a look at yourself and see how did I get scored on this year? Where was I most vulnerable? How do, I, how do I address that issue? And I think those are all kind of uh, next level things that you can kind of uh, work through yourself when you have the time. And that's very tough to do during the season, but I think it's very easy to do uh, during the off season. I also think it's very easy to miss because you're, you know, you're out hanging with your buddies and you let time slip away from you. So I think like you touched on earlier, that time management piece, especially during the off season is, is pretty important. Yeah, I mean, everything you hit on is, I, I agree with a lot of it. And, you know, I, I think today, everything you shared with us, whether it was USHL or youth or, or pro, extremely informative. And I'm, I'm greatly appreciative of, of you coming on here. And obviously, I've known you now for a couple of years. Like, and you do a great job, you know, in all capacities that you were throwing at you. But again, I just want to thank you for coming on. And this has been great. Um, you know, I give all my guests, you know, the last word. And I kind of want to give it to you before we kind of sign off here. I want to say thank you for, for allowing me to come on and hopefully the people that are listening, this, uh, you know, helps you in some way or sparks some thought to, to help you improve. Um, and I think that's what it, it's all about is just finding a way to, to get yourself a little bit better every day so that you can realize, uh, your dream. You know, you're, you're going to bed at night, you're laying your head on the pillow and you're thinking about, you know, playing at whatever level of hockey you're playing in. you're seeing yourself playing that Jersey. Hopefully, uh, some of these things will help you get there. And uh, once again, just want to thank you, Colby. It was, it was an absolute pleasure working with you in Dubuque and, and continuing to work with you now. And um, people, the people that you represent and the people that are, are looking to, to work with you couldn't have uh, made a better choice. I really appreciate that, Matt. And again, this has been uh, Matt Miller with uh, the Paragon Sports Consulting Podcast. Visit us at paragonsportsconsulting.com or across social media at Paragon Athlete. Um, look forward to our next episode in the near future. We'll see everybody soon. Thank you. Mm-hmm.